You are listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, Colorado's conservative podcast, providing insight and thought-provoking discussions on Colorado's most critical policy issues. Let's join Michael Fields for today's edition. We are back with another edition of the Advanced Colorado Rundown. I am Michael Fields, and we have Christy Burton-Brown with us today, who is now a senior policy advisor for Advanced Colorado. And today we're going to be interviewing our, our congressman, uh, representative for the 4th Congressional District, Ken Buck. Uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Representative Buck. Thank you. It's good to be with you. So you wrote a book uh, that came out at the beginning of the year called Crushed Big Tech's War on Free Speech. Can you tell us a little bit about that book and why you wrote it? Yeah, it's, it's about the antitrust laws and how they apply to big tech and in particular four companies, Apple, Amazon, Facebook and Google. And those companies are, are unlike monopolies that we've seen in the past in American history. We've had monopolies over railroads and steel and oil and banking. Uh, this is a monopoly over the dissemination of information. And it's really scary when you think about how our elections uh, depend on the flow of information to the public and how four companies control that information and how much power and influence they have over our elections. And then um, in, the, in the same vein, how much power and influence they have over maintaining their monopoly status in the marketplace. And Congressman Buck, in your book, which I've read and it's great and everyone else should read, Uh, You talk a lot about free speech and how these companies censor the free speech chiefly of conservatives by some of the ways they operate their platforms. But what I'm curious about is when do you think stopping them from interfering with the public's free speech would cross the line into government censorship of their speech as a private company? Yeah, there's definitely collusion between government and these companies and how, and we saw it really, uh, blossom, if you will, uh, in in uh, the COVID regulations and, and the efficacy of masks and vaccines. and uh, But since then, uh, we've seen the uh, really um, the influence that, that government has over these tech companies with uh, the, the Hunter Biden laptop story, for example, the FBI, or at least one FBI agent was out uh, running around telling uh, these tech companies and others that uh, this was uh, Russian disinformation and, and they shouldn't publish it just weeks before uh, a, a presidential election. So we, we have seen uh, the government inter- intervene and, and interfere with these companies in a way that really harms speech, but, but in particular, conservative speech. I haven't seen the left yet say, hey, Ken, you're right. They're doing the same thing to the left because they are on the left. These companies are in Silicon Valley for the most part, and they are staffed by uh, left-leaning engineers and others. And so they uh, look for every opportunity they can to try to stifle speech on the right. You talk about, uh, you know, stifling the speech. And the, the problem, I think the biggest problem is that people are unaware that this might be going on, right? You have a company saying one thing, we don't do this. And then finding out they buried the, the, the Hunter Biden uh, story or, you know, your search results in Google are manipulated in a way to, to hide certain things, I guess, is, is exposing it or the transparency, knowing that this is going on. Is that enough or are more steps that need to be taken? Well, it's enough if the American public says enough is enough. If the American public says, I'm not going to use Amazon because Amazon discriminates against 
conservative speech. I give specific examples in the book. We have a, a situation where um, uh, a, uh, a a producer um, had a video about the uh, attack in Ferguson um, on a police officer and the police officer's response, killing a young man. Um, and whether that was justified or not, and it was a, a video based on the grand jury investigation, it didn't fit the narrative uh, that, that the left wanted. And so they took that video down. Uh, same thing with the Clarence Thomas uh, life story. They took it down during uh, Black History Month because they wanted it didn't fit their narrative. Um, so we've seen how Amazon uh, impacts speech. The same with Apple and Facebook and Google. And, and if people decide... I'm not going to fund, I'm not going to help my enemy make a profit, then uh, yeah, then publicizing it is enough. If we, uh, if that doesn't happen, then we have to use the antitrust laws to make sure we have competition in the marketplace and people have the, the alternatives, the consumer choice that we really want. And one of the other companies I think that you've, you've talked a lot about in your book and in the news is TikTok. And so could you explain why you think, if I'm presenting your position correctly, why you think that TikTok should be banned like for Americans and not only for government employees? Like, or is there, is there a line, like which, when should we decide which companies can be banned by the government? Is it because it's owned yeah. by the Chinese or data collection or what? You know, it's a great intersection between TikTok and Instagram, because what we've been calling for is, is competition for Instagram. And TikTok um, arises and, and creates this competition. The unfortunate thing is that TikTok gathers information that the Chinese Communist Party can use in a cyber war against the United States. So it should be banned. And it should be banned until uh, TikTok enters into an agreement with an American company that all of the data that is gathered as a result of TikTok is stored in this country securely so that the Chinese Communist Party can't have it. But once that happens, I'm all for the competition. Um, I hope and pray that my grandkids don't use TikTok or Instagram, but I think that competition is, is really healthy. And the, the, the really evil, evil actions that Instagram uh, took against uh, teenage girls that resulted in suicides, that resulted in body shaming, that resulted in depression. Uh, hopefully, a company like TikTok would say, well, we can gain more market share if we don't do the things that Instagram did. And that's the kind of competition that creates a more healthy environment. In your book, you kind of talk about the speech angle of this and then the anti-competitiveness I've always kind of looked at those as two separate issues, but you kind of, and you've talked about this a little bit, join them together. How are those interconnected? I want to get a little bit more into the anti-competitive stuff in a second, but how are the the speech issues and anti-competitiveness uh, connected? Well, you know, the the essence of, of, of a free market economy is free speech. You you can't have, if you look at the, the, the communist countries in the world, uh, if you look at the authoritarian countries in the world, so China, Russia on one side, or Saudi Arabia, Iran on the other side, um, they have uh, economies that are driven by decisions in government. Um, they have speech restrictions that are driven by restrictions in government. When you have truly a free speech and free market uh, uh, environment, 
the, the marketplace flourishes. And so it flourishes as a result of that free speech, as a result of dissemination of information. Some of it truthful, some of it less truthful, but at least we have the opportunity to debate what the truth is and what the policy should be. So there's an absolute interconnection between free speech and a free market. And, and the marketplace of ideas is dependent. Um, and I, I should say the, the free market is dependent on the marketplace of ideas. Go ahead, Christine. Um, I think, Congressman Buck, another thing that you wrote about is there's no real innovation and competition against Amazon or some of the other companies because it often gets squashed when a new company tries to like pop up. Um, so is there a specific lawsuit that could be brought or a piece of legislation you were sponsoring that would fix that and allow better innovation in the market? Yeah, you know, there's... Uh, Amazon is is uh, interesting and, and unique in some ways. It has this dominant platform. And then in the platform, it tracks all of the third-party sellers that they've entered into contracts with that can sell on their platform. And they see a product that's just taking off. It, it could be a pair of flip-flops. It could be the uh, the doohickey on the back of a phone. What, whatever it is, they, they just see this product take off. They go out and they replicate that product without violating any patents, replicate that product. And then they then they sell their product high on their dominant platform and, and bury uh, the third party who they entered into a contract with to promote their product. And uh, and so uh, that that platform being so dominant gives them a position to be able to manipulate the marketplace uh, on these third party uh, products. And, and that's really the Amazon issue is. Um, you can't discriminate. Um, you can have your own products if you want. You want to make grape jelly, you can have grape jelly, but you can't uh, discriminate and um, bury somebody else's grape jelly because it's very popular. Do you do you think that it's possible? I'm just thinking of that problem. And, you know, it's almost like you're on the supply and demand side of both of this or, uh, you know, Google is is providing tools to help websites offer ad space, but then helping them place those ads. And, and you mentioned Amazon creating their own products, even though they have this platform to sell. And Apple, the same thing with apps, right? That they, uh, you know, have a, a marketplace where you can buy apps, but then they own their own. Uh, do you think that it's possible for these companies to have a fair competitive system? Or do you think that the conflict of interest is just too great and you should pick one or the other? Well, I, I, I am not. There are some in Congress who would separate out the platform from the third party product. So, uh, you can sell a phone, but you can't have an app store. Um, and, and what they do, Apple is a little bit different because what Apple does is since Spotify competes with Apple Music, they charge them a 30% surcharge. So anybody that signs up for Spotify on their phone um, has to pay 30% of that $10, whatever, $12 yeah. uh, a month goes to Apple. And, and that's the way they discriminate a little bit differently than, than Amazon. But uh, yeah, the the uh, I think what we need are four more phone companies so that Apple can't discriminate. And if they do, people will just go buy another phone with another phone company and use uh, you know get Spotify for for two dollars a month or five dollars a month and and not pay that extra money. So I have one question left. I know you're busy and I have a lot to do. And, and this has to do with patents and the problem that we have with that. You talk about this in your book. And I thought, I mean, I think it's absurd that a patent can be granted and then challenged or taken away later on 
burying these companies. Uh, and you talked about, you know, the jump rope company in, in your example. Um, but I guess what reforms could be passed to make it harder to reverse some of these patents? Or, you know, does the FTC or ITC need more resources? Or does the Department of Justice need more resources to, to go after this stuff? Because it's obviously happening. It's an issue, um, but it's not being taken care of. And then some of these companies are, are dealing with the the negative ramifications of it. And so I guess what, what kind of patent reforms need to happen to protect smaller companies that have good ideas? You know, Michael, it's so funny you mentioned the jump rope. Uh, 15 minutes ago, outside my office here in D.C., the the lady, um, uh, the jump rope lady, I call her, uh, yeah. had her jump rope, and we were jump roping outside my office uh, 15 minutes ago. We need ago. video of that, yeah. Yeah, no, we actually took video of it, so we're going to post that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, he, they, they were trying to deal with a real problem. So what happened was somebody would, uh, a, a company, um, and, and this is uh, the profession that, that uh, Christy and I have chosen, but a group of lawyers would go out and they would buy uh, old, old patents, and then they would start suing people, and, and we call them patent trolls. And so they would start suing people, and they always went to the Eastern District of Texas where they had a favorable venue. And um, and these companies said enough's enough. You know, we we were using that patent, but we just paid them fifty thousand dollars to settle. And uh, there were all these nuisance settlements. And so they came up with this system uh, where these patents would be uh, reexamined. The problem is that this uh, PTAB, the uh, government agency that was assigned to review these patents, really went overboard and started taking patents away uh, from from well-meaning, hardworking people. And instead of just tech companies fighting with each other over whether this patent was valid or not, we ended up with uh, really uh, hurting innovators. If we don't out-innovate China, we will lose. We need to make sure we're never going to have lower labor costs. We're never going to have lower energy costs. We're never going to have some of the competitive advantages that China has. But we will have, if we do it right, we will out-innovate them and be able to stay ahead of them in the marketplace. Uh, it's really important that we get that balance right with PTAB. And, and that's one of the things that I wanted to expose, work on, and, and hopefully we get that right. Well, Representative, I want to thank you for your time. I'm I'm so happy that you decided to delve into this issue, try to educate people about what's going on. So thanks for joining us. We'd love to have you back on in the future. And I would encourage everyone to get and read uh, Representative Buck's book, Crushed. So thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Christy. It's great to be with you. And I hope everybody keeps watching the show and, and you guys become popular because you're raising some really important issues for Colorado. So thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. We'll be back with another edition of the Advanced Colorado Rundown. You've been listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, brought to you by Advanced Colorado, the conservative thought leader, driving dialogue and solutions to Colorado's most critical policy issues. Find them at advancedcolorado.org.